Hello, I'm Michael. Hello, I'm Ivanka. This is Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. So, uh, what did you do this week, Ivanka? I'm a bit fed up of the grey world at mm. the moment. So I'm looking forward to having a bit of time off and spending some time outside. Trump's done something stupid, yeah. has he? Uh, Brexit. There's been a Brexit breakthrough this morning, apparently. Oh, oh, it's, all lo- it's all going to be okay. It's all, well, Everybody relax. Uh, how was your week? Uh, my week, I've been trying to get better at conversation. I watched that. Um, I watched the talk that you shared with me, this TED talk on uh, how to become a better conversationalist. And uh, I thought it was interesting, the thing about how we can hear twice as many words we can understand twice as many words a minute as we as people speak so in order to focus on a single person we're kind of like having to use half of our you kind of you're kind of going to be a bit bored because your (laughs) bandwidth is is it's all out of whack with the bandwidth so I thought that was quite useful to be aware of and um, also just the idea of being present and I'm just trying to be present with in conversations in order to both improve this podcast and my life. So, what are we talking about this week? This week, we, we had decided that we were going to talk about technology. Cool. It's a big subject, obviously. So, where, I mean, where do we start uh, with this? Um from the dawn of time so um (laughs) if we if we i always feel i i have this idea that we are as a species inseparable from whatever our current technology is and that almost if you are not if you have not adopted a certain the next sort of generation of technology you're almost like a different species so a mobile phone having human being is almost like a different sort of thing to a non-mobile phone having human being. I, I almost feel it's a sort of qualitative difference in um, in your sort of capabilities. What do you think about that? So this is a grand approach yeah, <laughs> to the technology podcast. Whereas I, I was thinking about it quite differently. I was like, do you like technology? Yes, I love technology. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking about the top, sort of background thinking about the topic in terms of the fact that I like technology. I use technology. I'm not afraid of technology. Mm-hmm. I'm, And I think there is a afraid of technology mm-hmm. human and a, uh, a unafraid of technology human. Uh, which is one decision, and it's a kind of an afraid ha- can have some really negative consequences, not just in not wanting to be included or being excluded socially, mm. being excluded, uh, just missing out on things that do help you that these changes in technology have done, but also, but in a work context, they actually cause some really poor decisions to be made technologically. Right. And I remember, I remember talking to you a few years ago. There was a radio, you know, something on the Today program, probably in the morning, about how everyone should learn to code. And I don't necessarily agree or disagree with that at all. I don't. But one of the things you and I talked about is that you should understand technology enough not to be duped. Those are your words, <laughs> <laughs> quoted back duped to you, and yeah, so. duped into just you know, tricked into giving away thing, information about yourself 
uh, tricked into buying technology that doesn't that isn't fit for purpose, mm. uh, tricked into putting up with things that you just shouldn't have to yeah. put up with, and you know going back to the whole buying music and listening how are we listening to music. Spotify is bloody convenient, especially if you've got a house where you've got you know a toddler and some grown-ups and some visiting teenagers and some and you've just got all the music in the world easily accessible yeah. you can change it you can listen to nursery rhymes one second and whatever um you know but then obviously that that can be the 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 i am not paying the price for that convenience you are oh, yeah. because or people who are making the music so this the, there are there are things like that so why do you think people are afraid of technology because it's mysterious they can't see how it works mm. but then i suppose that was true of cars so, you know, like in my head, mechanical engineering is more easy to comprehend than electronic engineering because you can see cogs move and gears and stuff like that. And um, uh, it, it is quite mysterious, really. It's like the first time I had Wi-Fi in the house. I've told this story publicly before, but at the time I was, li- I was living with my sister, the 10 years younger sister, who at the time, frankly, was a bit of a Luddite. <laughs> Um, she's she's got better now but she she just went so what you mean the internet is going to be in the air <laughs> in the house that, mm. that's just wrong well, i mean there's the arthur c clark quote that everyone knows that you know sufficiently future technology is indistinguishable from magic well it is very magical and i think that's that people are fearful of things they've always been fearful of things they don't understand mm. which is Hence religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And actually... <laughs> or they can't explain. And, and yeah, like um, a formative thing that... I think that my first sort of embrace of technology, or one of the early ones, was just realising how easy it is to make a light bulb light up. You just get a battery and you put the wires across the battery and the light bulb lights up. I thought, oh, that's... Yeah. I mean, that's not mysterious. I mean, it's magic, but it's like, oh, you know, this is something I want to know more about. So I kind of like got into my electronics and like, um, yeah, at school, it was like I wanted to go to electronics club and learn all that stuff. And I made some weird devices when I was like 10, a little kind of um, what do I need to bring to school today planner thing. And, um, you know, and then obviously, yeah, parallel to that, all the sort of music tech and all that kind of thing. But, yeah, it was I think, um, you know, I guess some people either never saw I were never shown how straightforward it can be, which is then an educational issue, or, I mean, just weren't interested. Mm, I think, yeah, I mean, I mean the, but this, I think it translates a little bit as well into your house. For example, I was taught how to change a plug at home as a sort of thing you need to know how to do in life. You used to have actually have to fit plugs on in everything you bought. Yes. So I was taught, taught to change a plug and change a fuse. and um... My sort of closest to getting properly electrocuted when I was a kid was um, like I plugged in this Scalex trick and I was, I was testing something and I just had, I just plugged it into the wall with the back off the plug and then I was like, oh, is the fuse okay? And just sort of stuck my fingers in to pull the fuse out while it was plugged in and got that sort of like jolt and it was like, ah, yeah. okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's not what you do. Um, and that no. could have gone a lot uh, worse. <laughs> I've done uh, 
I did that with a train set because uh, we had a, a power instead of uh, first of all we had batteries and then that was just expensive and not maintainable so we had uh, I think my grandpa bought us a power mm. supply and I just hooked the wires out of the mains Ooh. around the terminals oh. I was I was <laughs> I don't think it actually that the, the um, yeah I, was, I had a very relaxed attitude <laughs> to these things uh, it, it wasn't helped when it, uh, all basically all the way through uni I had a Saturday job fixing tellies mm. and videos so I was in a proper workshop with a soldering iron you know f- fixing things or, or doing my best to I was never super good at mm. it truth be told but we would we would not have we would take the plugs yeah. off and then use the plug from the soldering iron to push the wires into the socket because <laughs> <laughs> we never had enough sockets. So, you know, it's just, it's just electricity. I mean, come on, people. I was interviewing some public sector, some civil servants, <laughs> and one of them said, she said, uh, and I quote, it's very easy to feel reassured by IT people. Okay, really? And it's that sort of, yeah, that's what it was like. We were talking about a procurement that hadn't gone particularly well, and uh, it's this whole, if I don't understand, but the person talking to me about it sounds like they know what they're talking mm. about, then you know it's that that's the, the sort of ability to call bullshit on technology yeah. in every every area of your life from that doesn't seem like a very sensible login or i don't know are you sure my data's mm. safe or whatever yeah. to hang on you're sending me what that does what <laughs> why would i why would i do this like it's all this so i think um, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors uh, in in that in that uh, world yeah, and so there are a lot of smoke and mirrors, yeah. And there's also a lot of with all the sort of startup world and apps world, there's also a lot of um uh suck it in you know, just sort of like, yeah, put put something out there that, that I don't know, records some really intimate details about people or stuff with no real reassurance that the data's mm. safe, that it's in a good place, that it can't you know, so there's a kind of I think uh but then we're, we were, I don't know um, uh, where we're at with our, te- you know, we still seem to be in the, ex- the, the sort of acceleration phase of technology. Mm. So we have had a, 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 a willful <laughs> lack of uh, desire to understand things. I mean, we've had some good news stories recently, like MPs sharing their logins, mm. for example, is not considered to be best practice. <laughs> I think it's actually illegal <laughs> if you're allowing people's data to be accessed willy-nilly. Um, and then we've had some introductions of some laws around um, uh, um, privacy, uh, online privacy, the creation of backdoors in systems so that you've got all this stuff that politicians are signing up for and getting people excited about and they don't understand. They don't understand that the risks of sharing their passwords. They mm. don't understand. It's sort of a willful lack of desire to understand the impact of their their um, their choices around technology.
Like it used to be that um, it was a fiddly and weird to get stuff working. And so people's and like even like using, you know, sort of office apps and stuff that the design wasn't really there. Um, so people's expectations of how complicated it was going to be to learn how to do something were sort of like uh, yeah. then when they're faced with something new that they're sort of ex- you still have this legacy of how hard it was to get your head around the previous thing um, and you sort of have to bring people in and convince them that oh, actually that stuff we've thought about that now and um, like yeah, that yeah, was yeah, actually yeah, under yeah. our control and we've done a much better job and um and you know th- yeah come back come back I'm just thinking about <laughs> you know I was, I was kind of thinking about um you know facetime um we were trying to get FaceTime to work whilst recording this podcast, but because I've got quite a complicated audio setup, it was because Apple doesn't expose any sort of like controls to tinker with. Um, in FaceTime, it was like I, I, it was things were interfering. It was getting difficult. But you know, in their defence, you know they make them the more esoteric use cases more complicated but they make the very common ones sort of very frictionless whereas it used to be that the sort of common common or unusual use cases were sort of on a par because it was just like a bit yeah. more directly exposing the underlying technology I'd, we'd switched over to Skype because uh, it had a bit more control over those settings but they've just updated it and all of those controls Again. seem to have disappeared so, um, but it's sort of a little bit more incompetent about it as well so you know you have this sort of Microsoft trying to follow Apple with design but simplifying things too much like beyond the point that they should be simplified or sort of superficially sort of changing the design of something but without sort of addressing the the actual problems that you're trying to solve with 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 the design and it's all just a bit gross yeah but but then there's also this thing where obviously different brands need to be they need to they need to provide a, a user experience that's appropriate to their brand and to their product etc etc but there's some things that um should are and should be patterns that are shared across uh, different apps Mm. and regardless of manufacturer some things should work in the same way you know it's like they're inventing things just to be different um is is a pain in the ass for all of us and also that that that, Um, that doesn't happen just because for brand differentiation it's also this whole patent situation with technological patents are just what what is going on that that was going to be my next thing um because how different can you make some of these things you know they're all basically built, built around the same model of of uh screens and windows and all layered on top of each you know there's not this you just want stuff that takes not, uh, the best you know the best thing that everyone's thought of and just uses that which is kind of my approach <laughs> to design it's like I'll, I'll oh I've, this is the best way i've seen this done i'll do it like this it's not like you know yeah. you're rarely very rarely inventing something new you're just going oh well, i saw someone do a better job of that in this app so why would we do it yeah, in yeah. the worst way yeah, and also you're just giving people more things to learn. Unless, you know, your new way is so sort of so intuitive that they didn't need to um they didn't need to find it. They stumbled across it. Um but, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think the the doing the, the best of what you've seen is not a bad place to start. Um Skype. 
has redesigned itself, redesigned itself yet again. Moment this morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the most offensive thing about it being the the music that plays when you know the sort of calling tone is just uh, just the worst. They've taken out the sort of right. the funny sort of like bloop, 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 bloop stuff and yeah, yeah. just <laughs> left in the sort of non-melody that was playing. Ugh, they've just taken all the worst elements of it and made it really generic, put this sort of like house beat under it. And it's just disgusting. <laughs> and there's no setting to change it. I'm, I'm going to have to just go show package contents on this and just delete the, just replace it, like just put a new calf file in just so I don't have to listen to that monstrosity and uh, Facebook marketplace recently to try and sort of sell little bits and pieces and it's just it's just not worth it um, it's just not worth the, the bother of, of, of sort of random people having to deal with like either sort of like trying to offer you hardly any money or I swear this guy the other week actually tried to mug me via Facebook sort of sent me this message going, uh, if I, I was trying to get rid of this iPhone 6S, and he's like, if I give you my Galaxy whatever, will you give me your phone and 200 quid? And then sort of like, there's a delay. Well, And I sort of saw the notification. It was just like, will you give me your phone and 200 quid? I was like, what? And then I look in, and then I sort of didn't reply. I was like, who are you? And then, um, you know, a few minutes later, it's like, yes or no, bruv? I'm like, I am not, I'm not talking to you. Like, what? Are you serious? Um, And then just another one of like, um, you know, I I send someone the postcode and they just reply, where is that? And I'm like, well, I just can't, what? (laughs) You're clearly from the species of human, you're clearly from the species of human being that doesn't use Google Maps. And I'm from the species that does, and we just can't win. We can't communicate. <laughs> we, we, we can't meet up in real in real yeah, life. It's not going to happen. Uh, we have no way to People communicate. Asking for directions. Yeah, it's like, I, have you heard of City Mapper? Like, I, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> See, I don't. I don't sell. I, I'm very. I do buy secondhand things. Um, of quite. I think that's obvious for a fruit closet environmentalist. My closet environmentalist, not an environmentalist. I'm pretty out as an environmentalist. I think I'm pretty out, yeah. So I try and buy lots of things secondhand. I tend to give more things away than I do sell Mm. them because I'm not making any use of this at the moment. So I do the charity shop uh, clothes run. But then if it's something nice I'm getting rid of, I'll go in and go, look, this dress is really nice. (laughs) Please don't just plug it for a fiver just in case you weren't paying attention. Um, So I can be a bit like that. And... Uh, the thing, though, I have most trouble with is getting rid of electronics. Yeah. It really is a pain because once it stopped working, it um, you want uh, it's a pain to get rid of. I do have drawers of bits and pieces of things that maybe have a little hard drive on them, maybe have some sort of capacity to store yeah. something, but they're of no, they've completely lived out their usefulness. 
And there's then, nothing more worthless than an iPad that you don't keep charged. Like once you stop <laughs> keeping something charged, it's just it's just pointless. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever worked out what purpose iPads serve. And I says I say this as the owner of two. Yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah I think I'm on my fourth. <laughs> Um, you just you sort of go through phases with it, don't you? But um, I, yeah, and like ironically, my you know my my iPads have I've got the smaller one now because it's a bit easier to yeah. use. But I think just um, a lot of the promise of the iPad is now the the phablet, isn't it? People just kind of got a bigger phone. Um, the fab phablet, yeah. <laughs> God, yes, the phablet. No, it's like a it's like we've invented this thing. Now everybody walk around the house trying to work out what it's. Once you've got past the sort mm. of like, oh look, you can swish it and wave at it and move yeah. things around on the screen. Right now, what do we use it for? Mm, shopping, <laughs> uh, recipes in the kitchen, selfies. Uh, so, oh, I've I've, I had. I was iPad. in New York. Yeah, a few years back when we were at Canonical, I I kind of went on that holiday to New York um, on my own. So I was in New York for a few days, and it was just before front-facing cameras started going into phones. And I was thinking, ah, oh, this they should put a front-facing camera in this thing so that I can sort of take a picture um, and not have to sort of awkwardly turn it around. Um, and and it's, to me, it was just like a utilitarian, just obvious feature that you'd add. And uh, you know, and then like. A, a few months, a couple of a year or two later, this word "selfie" is everywhere, and it's gross, and it's <laughs> it's it's, um, it's it's it's. I like I like the technology, but I don't like the way it's the way it, it's kind of the cultural impact of it. Sometimes it's like the way people sort of you know latch on to the most. I don't know stupid thing about it, it is, becomes yeah. a phenomenon yeah. in its own right and you're like oh guys I mean Next week we should do violence. Uh, violence. Because <laughs> <laughs> with the politics, death, technology, violence. Oh, well, and, like technology's role in violence has been pretty. Uh, so I mean, obviously that. Well, this is the opposite of talking about social media, but yeah, technologies. Uh, we um, we characterise the sort of um, catastrophes of the twentieth century and 21st century even like ter- in terms of individuals but i really see it as early adopters of whatever the big technology was at that time being kind of one of the driving factors in in you know sort of in these kind of terrible things that happened like the ability to, to have mass media suddenly opened up the doors to this thing and a new technology comes in and it's used and like just um the invention of tanks and you know mechanical killing machines that just never existed and people trying to like dan carlin's podcast is worth a listen for this um this is where i really got you know heard about this but this i using pre-industrial sort of military strategies against these just like meat grinders that were now sort of like it was just a different class of thing and people sort of not quite 
like when a new technology comes in, people don't realize how powerful it is, or they do, or like bad people will adopt it. And the the worst side of an unscrupulous person can be amplified beyond all all reason. And I think the latest thing we saw of this was the sort of Donald Trump and even Brexit related sort of Facebook ad targeting stuff that was going on with um, Cambridge Analytica. There was some there was some stuff going on there, some unscrupulous exploitation of the technology um, towards who knows what ends. Well, towards you know, and we end up in this situation. Um, and I have this. My worry is that the um, you know this kind of the sort of Second World War happened, and and but then. You know, we we were able to start putting things in place to try and prevent that happening again. There was enough time to sort of do that and things got better. But now when the next sort of exploitative technology comes through, there's less time for these slow moving uh, sort of um, political systems to catch up. And the best they can do is, oh, you've got to put a cookie warning on your website. Like that's their attempt to kind of stem the flow of like the exploitative technology and people misusing it. And I just feel like um, our ability to adapt on a sort of um, government and I don't know what you call it, but like our ability for our systems that protect people to adapt to the technology that is being developed and used to exploit people by nefarious agents is now been overtaken. Um, The government is never going to be able to keep up with the stuff that's happening so and you know this goes back you know modern terrorism wouldn't be feasible without the technology that goes along with that that helps people organize in secret um across wider areas and um a lot of this yeah like we need a new way of protecting people and unfortunately now the arbiters of that are your kind of apples and facebooks and googles Uh, and i you could sort of um take your hat off to Apple for sort of widely publicising the absurd FBI sort of data privacy sort of requests and like trying to explain like you do not understand what you're asking for and like making yeah. that a very public thing I I have one positive thing to okay. say <laughs> to lift us up mm. again before we go back into this but on the subject of Cambridge Analytica and uh, I was talking to somebody who I talked to about politics a lot. And one of the things she pointed out was look at all that effort they had to put in and the margin by which they they tipped the balance was tiny. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, um, I, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't think it should have been close. I think it should have been like, for instance, the Brexit vote. I thought it was going to be, you know, 8% of people were you know leave and anything above that is still kind of an astonishing disaster to me (laughs) i don't care if it was like one percent in the middle it's like it shouldn't have been anything like that like yeah i mean i i we but we both live in areas with a massive remain vote and maybe so but maybe that's like also like with the technology maybe they had such accurate measurements that they knew that they they sort of optimized how much money they spent so that they they just tipped it as far as they had to and not too much further oh, yeah, that's true that's you know. a negative so i was trying to be positive <laughs> in a in a, the argument being that the, the positive argument being look how much effort and how much they had to use technology just to make a small difference and we put 
no effort in because we didn't realize what we were fighting mm. against. And I think if you, so really it shouldn't take a lot of effort to flip it the other way, though the results of the general election would imply that we're not being devious enough. The, the, the side of righteousness is not being... Because everyone thinks they're right. It's difficult. Mm. But anyway. This is another Adam Curtis thing that he was talking about in uh, to Adam Buxton the other week about how, um, you know, that we just... The left doesn't seem to be very good at kind of doing this stuff that the right is getting better at doing. Anyway, politics. Yeah. Let's, um, so that's politics. But, the, but then, uh, yeah. So, so but, but this is... But your point you're making is a really important point, is that the people that are making policy mm. and campaigning to be elected, and they just want to tell stories that are going to get people to vote for mm. them, they, are, they don't understand the technology. They don't understand what they're asking for. They don't understand the risks. And they, they seem to be completely unwilling to engage with the people who do. Yeah. And uh, also that I think it's, it's, yeah, they should be, you'd hope they were good enough judges of character that they could find people that weren't too unscrupulous to kind of help them and to listen to. But yeah, they're they're also, if they don't learn it themselves, like they've got to find someone like, uh, you know, you or me to actually kind of give them the But you know, but if you think about this in the context of the NHS, that the NHS has or had, I hope it still has, nice, that uh, the, 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 what they call the National Institute for Clinical Excellence. Mm-hmm. And nice comes up with a recommendation on medication, vaccination, on all these things based on research, research scientific papers. And, and obviously they're balancing the benefits of the public purse and all that sort of stuff. So, so, but it's a, it's an, it's, whilst money does come into their decision making, clinical decision making is the, the government defers to nice for a recommendation yeah. on a nationwide okay. vaccination program for example yeah. yeah we have no equivalent in technology do we i don't know no. we have we have the what are they called um, gchq type people the the government security people but they but they're not they're not making out as far as i know you know these people aren't making out and out technology um, recommendations for the country. I don't know where the decisions come from uh, because, for example, the technology schools choose to buy or not buy. They're not necessarily dictated to them. They've got their own budgets. They make their decisions mm. or they don't have budgets, which is more the case these days. Um, you know, I don't know who's um, explaining what a, you know, why a cook, you know, who is who is who is helping form yeah. these policies for which you need to be informed? And the trouble is, it's such a moving target. So it needs oh, to be constantly. someone. It, it needs to be able to move with the pace of technology. One of my um, a, a friend of my father when I was about you know, fourteen, fifteen, talking about studying electronics. Mm. He was like, "Oh, you can't study electronics if you're a woman. You need to." You need to um, continue to study for the rest of your life, and you're n- just not going to have time to do that with children. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, you do need to constantly stay on yeah, top of it. With technology, you can't you can't take uh, you can take a very limited sabbatical from mm. from learning. And also, t- um, but the trouble is, yeah, like how many? Even we even see it in in companies. Like as soon as someone becomes that like managery person and stops being hands-on with the technology they usually stop lose they sort of lose credibility on the technology pretty quickly but like you know keeping up with the technology is a full-time job so then being able to advise people 
Like, you know, when do you, you know, how do you get, how do you connect that person with with the dis, the policymakers um, in a meaningful way, in a yeah sustainable way? But but in a in a in a work business context, I mean, I've worked with you, and if there's something I don't know about, I'm going to ask you. Mm. You know, you surround yourself with people as you as you sort of end up in a position where you can't you can't possibly be informed enough. And I think that there are not many projects where one person can no, hold no. all the information from a technology. It's just not doesn't exist anymore. You need somebody who knows about platform security, coding language, interaction design, and you know one or two of us can cover off a couple of subjects, mm. but nobody can cover off all of them. And so you know it's just a question of who who are we who are the people advising and are they being heard and how do we get them to be heard because if if somebody's yeah if you're if you're running your own company you want to make shit up go for your life but if you're running the country i'm afraid that's not good enough it's not cool Have you heard about Estonia? They've got like health, voting, taxes, transport, like emergency services, all managed through this single sort of central identity system and with digitally secure communication between everything. So they're just talking about how many brilliant things they can do by just having this really nice infrastructure. And they seem to be doing this really well. They they are. They have an advantage that they had no legacy infrastructure. Mm, so exactly, yeah. So the Soviet Union, you know, disappeared. They became they became a country. They got nothing. It's like that project. I did a project years ago in Turkey for one of the banks. And, you know, we got there. They were way ahead of us in terms of, like, as consumers, what you could do in a bank. You could text your mate money. This mm. is like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah. You could text somebody and they could go to a cash point, put in that code. You could lend them money that way. You could. It was just phenomenal compared yeah. to what we we had still, yeah. what we still have, let alone. And it's like, you know, we, we do have this disadvantage, really. It's like when people talk about modernising London as a city. London is such an old city yeah. that, you know, you can't, there's only so there's, much you can there's do. There's too much stuff that you can't lose, that you can't just let disappear away and that's i mean that's different it's different in china isn't it where you know i was in hong kong a couple of years ago and one thing i found really interesting was when you don't have to sort of deal with any kind of political dissent or like people kind of grumbling you can just sort of make stuff work um and they're much more seem to be a lot less fixated on legacy don't they in um that sort of level areas and replace them with cities um without worrying like which you just couldn't do in the UK. I've got a. I, I went backpacking in China in 1996, and mm. uh, put my uh, friend from Union and I went travelling together. We, we went to this museum in China. Well, we didn't go to China. We went on the Trans-Siberian Railway, and you had to go somewhere. And the place, so we went to China. It was it was more the Trans-Siberian that we did. But we ended up doing loads of distance in China. We're in a museum, a chess museum, which was really quite interesting. And uh, this this guide was telling us about this bed, and he's like, "This bed is a fifth century bed," and he's tugging at the curtains on it. That's like, <laughs> and, and at the beginning of that trip, we'd been in the uh, Hermitage in Saint Petersburg. 
and I'd accidentally sat or knelt, leant against a chair that looked just like an ordinary kitchen table. And they sort yeah. of got massively told off by this Russian lady, you know, the, one yeah. of the guards, because it was, the, you know, saw so-and-so's kitchen table or something. And, I was mm. like, and then here's this guy tugging at this 2,000-year-old bit of curtain. I don't know. I can't remember how old it was, but I was like, what? So, you know, there's kind of like absence of respect for or... Well, absence of reverence for the kind of physical thing sometimes, but yeah. sort of replace stuff gets replaced um, with like you know rather than kind of you know we keep all of our kind of battle scars on yeah, our buildings yeah, yeah. and you know that's all very important to us oh, here. Yeah. But I guess it is cultural. It's like I mean they're just objects. Yeah, true. That's the problem. But the, but a lot of projects, like especially you know public sector projects, I get dragged into this sort of legacy stuff. Is the it's the yeah. pain of everyone's lives because you've got yeah. to sort of you're always building on something that isn't. It's like I think there's a uh, an old uh, one of those Irish jokes where I'm not going to attempt the accent or something. But the guy goes, um, "Excuse me, how do I get to so and so?" And the guy looks at him and goes, oh, "I wouldn't have started here." And it's that kind <laughs> of you know they saw very well this thing we're trying to build, but we've got to build it on what? <laughs> yeah, this kind of ironic thing that like. Earlier, a lot of early adopters of technology are now sort of stuck with um, yeah, yeah. really horrible old technology that they have to. Sort of, um, I don't know how hard would it be to just write a script and migrate. Well, I think everyone's know. terrified of migrating. It's just like so. It's just a, 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 a. Anyway, we could grab it on like this for hours, but it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it, it, they, Migration isn't that hard. Come on, guys. Afraid. Come on, people. It's like well, um, the bank. Uh, so Nick's got a, a business bank account and a personal bank account with the same bank. And a business bank account, you can only download the last three months of, of credit card statements. But the personal mm. one, you can download the last five years. Like, it's so it's, much more yeah. use, you know, a use case that as a when you're doing business bookkeeping that you need to download yeah. years every worth year. of bloody every year. Um, I have this. I have to. I had to type them in. Type, I had to uh, literally order paper copies of some of them and then type them in because it's, I was like, come on, it's 2017. Come on, people, get it together. <laughs> this is the thing my sister says about me, like, nothing ever quite works properly because <laughs> I'm always fiddling she, and yet one of her stories from, from when we were living together is like we had three PCs in the house and not a single working CD drive because <laughs> you have to carry it with it's like look <laughs> don't be like that um, <laughs> well this is why you know I, I try and keep my like technology that I'm tinkering with as a different sort of thing to my appliances that I rely on and I try and keep those appliances you know, I try and treat my phone is like a fridge or a, you know, a TV. Like it's not something that I want to get into the guts of and start like messing up. I've got a, 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 a pretty annoying problem with my current uh, setup at home for watching TV because I have a projector that has a wireless box. Uh, that okay. So I can have the wireless box thing plugged into my audiovisual amplifier. And mm. then I have my Apple TV and my Virgin Media thing and everything going into the amp. And so my amp yeah. I use to switch between my devices. And then that should go to the transmitter, transmit to the 
projector, boom, everyone's watching telly. Uh, I've recently mm-hmm. upgraded my Virgin Media thing, and uh, now every so often the projector feed just sort of goes into stop-start mode and it's doing my head in and I really don't know what to blame it on. I had that with the worst one was uh, I had a airport express which um, I was just using to play music from my phone into you know into the stereo and there is nothing worse than that sort of digital stop-start thing oh. happening when you just want to listen to the music and it wasn't happening with video or my Apple TV or anything that was fine but for some reason just playing some music it was just like cutting out all the time and it's like I can't even I just can't I just got to give up on this I don't know I'm at a loss really as to what else to try because so it's not the port I've eliminated ports I've done new HDMI cables blah 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 no I just don't watch telly that's why it is such a revelation when something just sort of seems to you could just seem to be able to plug something in and it, and it works and it, it's not your problem to make it work I think that's the difference I, you know something that governmental technology procurement gets wrong where but Apple generally does has been doing pretty well at is that like it's not your problem if it doesn't work if I take my, my Mac's acting weird it's Apple's problem if my PC's acting weird what did I do to it? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's sometimes you want it to be someone else's problem to make something that works properly. Do you ever sort of like turn off your phone or, yeah, we have you a know, phone, do you have a phone kind of... exclusion uh, zone? <laughs> in the house. Zone? Uh, they're not supposed to be brought into the, the, to the sofa area. Oh, really? Um, wow. But how do you look up things while you're watching a TV Well, then show? you have to go, you know, is it all right if actor? I go and get my phone? <laughs> Who's clo- <laughs> whose phone's closest? What does this score on IMDb? Uh, so it's a generalised, like, full-time sort of, like, no-tech zone. Well, it's not generally. Well, yeah, because also I don't really want the, the toddler person to see me constantly attached to, to a device. Yeah. So, you know, putting it away, putting it to charge... Um, we're all in the house. I, it does help that, you know, this is one use of the Apple Watch is the whole, you know, if somebody is phoning you, I do get in, you know, text message or my mum phones. I know she's phoning and I can go and get my phone without mm. having to sit there refreshing Facebook endlessly and seeing if I've got any, if anything's happened. So should we go on reflection? On reflection. On on reflection. Re- I'm going to do some Alan Partridge style jingles. Okay. On reflection. That can be the on reflection section. Okay. The on reflection section. Yeah, so last week, uh, yeah, well, I I feel like I interrupted you when you were talking about the um, principles, adhering to principles, if not the actual thing that you've made so far. It's hard to let go of things, but then there's another level on top of the specific thing you've made, which is the principles behind it, and sort of sticking to the principles, if not the particular implementation. Um, I thought anyway. Well, we, I can just say I thought that was an interesting point that I didn't immediately pick up on. That I thought bore, um, bore kind of, you know, calling out again. I think last time I wasn't quite ready to start. I was in. I wasn't fully present, <laughs> so I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't really ready, and so I wasn't. And and I was bracing myself for the topic. That's what I did think mm. about. So I wasn't sure, you know. Uh, in in retrospect, I was happy we did each of us sort of broadcast our stories and then we chatted about other things rather than chatting about uh, their stories. 
but then I wondered if I could have been listening better, <laughs> which was... Well, yeah, I, I realised I had probably... I should have asked some questions. I think we both had this... Yeah. We're both trying to kind of, like, get our heads around uh, listening to each other. <laughs> <laughs> <It's like> a, <laughs> um, so if nothing else, we're just going to end up being better friends and better at talking to each other, so that's good. Um, so, uh, yes, so I didn't have anything quite as quite as as pinpointy as mm. the week before. I've, I've been... I've, I've been taking notes, so I've got a couple more as well. Um, <laughs> um, one was just when we were talking about the music thing and music and its relationship to design, and I was thinking how, um, um, like, composition is one thing, but actually, like, music performance, I find, is much more of a design space. Um, you've kind of got... You've already made the thing, and you've got to kind of come up with a way to... Um, to achieve that, and that, that's definitely a lot more of a design problem, something I'm focusing on at the moment. And the other one was um, just, I just wanted to share my kind of, my outlook on, you know, when someone does die, the secular belief is, okay, that's it, they're just gone, and that's it. And that's fine, that's true in a sort of, like, physical body way, but if we appreciate the fact that um, we are composed of, and this is taken from a good book by Douglas Hofstadter, who um, wrote the very famous among geeks, uh, Gerdel Escher Bach, uh, but also he wrote one called um, Le Tombeau de Marot, which is a pun, and it's about language. But he talks about, and it's, he also talks about the death of his wife um, and, you know, how he kind of sees that. Um but the way he put it was that by sharing mutual experiences with someone else, there is a very real sense in which the same consciousness exists in two bodies, the same aspects of two... Like, that's now... It's, it's, it's the same thing in two different locations. So if one of those locations dies, it's like there's redundancy. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm nodding instead of... But also in terms of... Um, you know, just ideas being expressed and just sayings and, and like there's memories as well as a part of it, but more kind of the our behaviours that we kind of inherit or those things that we experience with someone else. So even though sort of like one, and, and the way he described that was like our souls are actually crossing, like they're not sort of separate individual souls, they're sort of like we cross over with other people. So that even if um, a one person's body dies, there are still a lot of that person sort of existing in the people close to them. Uh, and and that that's how I kind of kind of think about that the sad part of death and, and the loss of kind of the, the idea of eternal life and like like afterlife and things like that is just the fact that death isn't quite as abrupt as you know secular convention would have us think about it. I uh, I, I I was nodding while you were talking, but I think I I've Yes, I agree with you, and I think that's how I see it. And I think that the people that that, um, and I think that's not just true of people who have physically died, but people we've known and they move on. You know, it's hard. Mm. It's harder to to lose people these days, what with Facebook and all. But mm. um, but you know, and they they that the the moments that you shared together do stay alive, and they can make you laugh just as much as if they were there sometimes because you can imagine mm. telling them a thing or you you have those shared experiences and those shared responses mm. and I think weird you know I mentioned uh last week as well how having a child's made me more aware of my own mortality and I had this weird yeah. thing about you know 
telling my child that I'm going to love her forever. And I was thinking, what am I saying? That's so weird. Or what do I mean? What's forever? And I'm like, and I was really quite uncomfortable. With, like, I didn't know what I thought. It, it's a, it's a, it's a terror. It's just a, a peculiar, a set of feelings that I'd not thought about before. And then slowly. I've become very comfortable with the idea that, of course, I'm going to love her forever because I'm going to be showing her love and that's going to stay with her. So it's like, mm. a, so it's OK to say those things. And it's OK because it is a forever connection, regardless mm. of physical. It's in the same way that I feel forever connected to my father or, or that, you know, it's just so I completely agree with you that it's that, that it's it's. Uh, the idea it's not as clear it's, cut. no it's not yeah. they've gone to heaven or not or whatever they're in a different plane or in a different place and maybe it is a different plane I don't know but it, it's like that kind of if they're existing if the souls have crossed over which is a nice way of putting it or there's like built in redundancy it's a mm. nice way of knowing that yeah they are you you can still you know chat to your your dad <laughs> and go well, what yeah. would you do in, about in it in a very real sense and, oh, yeah. and yeah just the idea that we are sort of yeah insulated individuals is kind of wrong we're 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 kind of hodgepodge of lots of different sort of well abstract machines uh you could call that some philosophers call them Deleuze and Guattari who I don't like but I like the abstract machines idea which we just have all of these different machines and that's why it's so easy to have kind of cognitive dissonance and sort of believe one thing and believe the opposite because these things sort of like float around and they're different and they're, they're parts of different people and we're, we're not just like a, there's not just a clear boundary between two individual humans it's, it's more um, fluid than that all right thanks everyone for listening uh this far shall we tell people where they can find us online and stuff now you can find me at ivanka on twitter and ivanka.blog you can find me at michael forrest on twitter and michaelforrestmusic.com you can find us both at grandpodcast.com and email us at hello at grandpodcast.com uh, there's a there's a patreon thing but we've still got to figure that out um at grandpodcast.com slash pledge or sledge, <laughs> sledge. bye bye bye